Today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, are flyers avoiding Southwest after the flying engine incident? And the ocean-going side of the travel industry is finally waking up to the dangers of plastic in our oceans. We have an update. Deputy Chief Scott McLean of Cal Fire joins me at 320 to make you a smarter outdoor traveler. Tips on campfires and the dangers of parking your car in the brush and lots more. It's vacation season and if you're leaving the country, you need a passport. But what if at the last minute... You need to replace an expiring or lost passport. Gwen Duncan joins us at 335 with some solutions. Say, you're heading to the airport anytime soon? Well, if you need an ATM before you travel, we have some really important information for you at 350. The travel industry lost a shining star this past week with the death of Anthony Bourdain. I have some personal thoughts at 355. It's Sunday afternoon, just a little past 3 o'clock, and time for the latest edition, folks, of The Travel Guys. Another edition of the Travel Guys. It hardly seems like a week since we were here having so much fun. If you missed the beginning of last week's show, you can find it on podcast at the travelguysradio.com. It's probably some of our finest work when we didn't have mics on and we restarted the show. And, and I did leave it on the podcast, Mark. I, I, I see, just so that people could be reminded. You that know, we it was were... a tough decision whether I just edit that out. Really and professional. Start like we were like real pros. What a spectacular weekend in our city. It is. I it, mean, the weather is just uh, for the second weekend of June is like unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were talking on the news this past week. Best weather on the planet. I mean, yeah. it's like Kona weather without the humidity. Of course, it's, uh, it's going to warm up a little bit here. Yeah, and because of the wind, the sky is that funny blue color. Um, which you don't see all that often here in... Yeah, hey, by Sacramento. the way, for those that are not watching the Giants game, how are they doing today? Uh, they're winning. They're winning. Yeah, right. Which I is re- of note to those of us who are baseball fans. I just get up and inject it into my veins every morning, and then I'm fine. I'm not sure how I survive from November to February. All right, um, sir, any pigeon updates from your end? No, no more pigeons have arrived. Pigeons. Those that may have missed last week's show, but the ones before it, <laughs> oh, God, you did here we listen. Go. The, the pigeon has been uh, caught and has been handed off uh, to uh, Terry Geyer, professional uh, pigeon raiser, uh, actually owns uh, what are known as... Uh, um, exotic pigeons, and, and the state fair is just a few weeks away. And if you've missed this entire story the last few weeks, just be grateful. Yeah, no, go back you... get the podcast. <laughs> love it. You can go back and listen to three hours of radio our, and our, find out about Tom our, and the Pigeon. Our show is going to the birds. Yes. Right now, let's go to the travel news and do something to make people a smarter traveler. What do you got on the news? Well, I got some interesting stuff here. Uh, let's see. Uh, Russian, uh, the World Cup is in Russia this year. And um, so the uh, 
Some folks have come out. The National Cybersecurity Center is warning travelers that public and hotel Wi-Fi connections may not be safe in Russia. Okay. So there's mounting evidence that a Russian hacking group is, has been targeting hotel guests through hotel hacked hotel Wi-Fi networks. Um, so this is not good news. If you are headed to Russia and you want to use your toys while you're there, I recommend that you do your homework and be very careful because uh, otherwise some bad people are liable to end up with your information. Uh, maybe not even Russian people, maybe people from somewhere else. So a little extra precaution might be important there. Are more people avoiding Southwest after its fatal accident? If you are one of those people who is not booking Southwest, you are not alone. Um, Southwest is has refused to say that their sales are down, but they are... Southwest is is telling folks that well, they're pulling back on some of their flight additions and some of the things that they had planned to do and stuff, so their their business is softer. There's no question. Well, you know, last week they had that amazing sale through Thursday where uh-huh. they were literally giving flights away. Once a quarter. Yeah. Yeah, once a quarter they have a really terrific so was, sale. So that didn't have anything to do with you, think? No, what's happening is their rev- every month airlines report their their passenger revenue miles. Uh, there's seat miles, and, and, and it's a metric that Wall Street uses and the rest of the airline industry uses to gauge how people are doing. And so Southwest revenue, passenger revenue miles for May are down, okay. and they expect they're going to be down for June. And that's kind of unlike Southwest. So that's what tells you that uh, some people have been a little hesitant to book Southwest. I will point out that's the first time that the carrier has ever had a fatality on board one of their airplanes. And I, w- I, I personally consider Southwest to be the safest airplane in the sky. I don't have, you know, statistics and stuff to back it up, except that they've had fewer accidents. And I just sense that they pay more attention to things. I rarely pull up at a gate at an airport and Southwest can't get the door open. I mean, I'm sure it's happened. But, uh, you know, or there's nobody to move the jetway. I mean, things like that kind of tell me that if an airline can't get those things right, did they forget to tighten the bolts? Well, you know, yeah, getting the door open is one thing. It's the getting it closed is the one that worries me. <laughs> that's, yes, that's kind of important, too. Guatemala remains open for tourism. You know, we've got two volcanoes active on the planet. Mm-hmm. The one in Hawaii so far has not caused a lot of human casualty, although it's cost a lot of people their homes. The one in Guatemala, unfortunately, has caused some human catch casualty. But the folks in Guatemala with Guatemala Tourism want you to know that their country is still open. Like Hawaii, they have only a small amount of the country that is impacted by uh, the volcano. And tourism is incredibly important to these folks. So if you are are scheduled for a trip to Guatemala, don't just say, well, the volcano blew up, so we're not going to go. Do your homework and find out if where you are going, because Guatemala is an incredibly beautiful country and uh, reasonably inexpensive to travel to also. Okay, uh, something that we mentioned in the headlines about about plastics bans. And this is kind of interesting. Both of these stories came out on the exact same day. Um, you've probably heard, if you've been reading the news recently, that there is an island of plastic floating in our ocean. And uh, it's big, very, very big, and getting bigger of just plastic remnants this is not all of them but it's a bunch of of this garbage that's together um it's becoming a bigger and bigger problem and in this large mass of garbage there are lots of trapped 
wildlife, marine wildlife and things like that that have perished because they've been trapped in this. So um, good, the good news is that a cruise line, uh, Royal Caribbean Cruises, has announced that it, its fleet will eliminate plastic straws as of 2019. Now, it applies to all 50 ships under their uh, flag. You might say, well, gee, um, straws, that's not that big of a deal. But it's part of an entire program. And what they feel like they need to do is they need to make people on the ships aware of the fact that, you know, here's a little thing like a straw, but multiplied times all the ships in the ocean and stuff, this is a problem. So if this is a problem, then we'll move on to the next thing and the next thing. So what they feel like they should do is educate their travelers to the importance of being able to use biodegradable products in the ocean. And they have identified a number of places where they can replace plastic products with completely biodegradable products. And they feel that that will make a difference. It's only one cruise line. But if you can get one cruise line to do it. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's amazing uh, uh, how that we're always late to the party. You know, mm-hmm. when, when animals finally uh, yeah. are dying and they're having to do surgery on sea turtles because they've ingested, yep. you know, a plastic water bottle that uh, now we're going to start making biodegradable de- products. Uh, like I say, always a little late to the party. Well, and uh, but better the, late than never. The same day, a to the the biggest tour operator in the Galapagos Islands. If you don't know where those are, they're off the coast of South America, off near Peru. Arguably one of the most spectacular places that you can visit to see marine life anywhere on the planet. Uh, The largest tour operator there, Southern Expeditions, has announced that um, they are getting rid of single-use plastic bags. Polyethylene, it says, Mm -hmm. takeout containers will no longer be used uh, starting in July. Um, They are also doing a number of things to eliminate plastics from the way that they do business and to educate their customers of the importance of this. Of course, these people are in a a ecologically very delicate area, so there's no question that it would be easier for them to educate their customers who are probably already in favor of this. Sure. But I don't think it's insignificant that in the same week, two major tourism suppliers acknowledge the fact that this is a problem. So the more visibility that it gets, the more attention it will get and the better uh, off we will all be. Here's one quick thing to close the news with. This is kind of a cool story. Can you imagine leaving something valuable behind on an airplane only to have the flight attendant hand deliver it to your door? Wow. Um, this is what happened to a New Jersey woman who was startled when a United flight attendant showed up at her door with a special delivery. Her and her husband and three kids traveled to Disney World. Each day during the trip, she would get up early and stay up late in order to pump breast milk for her newborn. Unfortunately, she left her pumped breast milk under the seat uh, in front of her on her new Orlando to Newark flight. Now, so the plane gets back to Newark. It's doing a quick turn to Miami, and the pa- a passenger finds the breast milk after the door has been closed for the flight back to Miami. She gives it to a flight attendant. He asks the captain if he can return to the gate. He, he, he can't. So they go to Miami. He keeps the milk on ice. He gets to Miami. He asks the gate agents to look up the passenger's information. They tried calling. Nobody answers. So he texted her. Um, she responded. When he got back to New Jersey, remember this was a turnaround, down to Miami and back. So he gets back to New Jersey, and he takes the breast milk to the lady's house, shows up at 1130 at night, um, dropping off the breast milk. That's so stuff. that's, yeah. you know, somebody who went above and beyond. And isn't that a nice Jeff? Not away is his name. 
And, and um, what airlines did you say he was with? Uh, United Airlines. United. Uh, United well. Airlines. So congratulations, and uh, what a great story. That is your travel news for today. And we are the Travel Guys. You can uh, follow along with the show and see all kinds of great highlights from past shows as well as links to some very interesting stories about travel and beyond uh, on a weekly basis. Keep it here. We're going to visit with uh, Scott McLean with Cal Fire. Find out how to keep you safe when you travel, particularly this time of the year when you're doing camping and all of that. That's next. I think I'm going to Mark and Tom, the Travel Guys with you here on KFBK, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. And with me, Deputy Chief Scott McLean with CAL FIRE. This is uh, the fire season. Of course, around California and other parts of the country, you kind of have fire season year-round. But travelers, you know, you need to be where. Scott, thanks for joining us here on the Travel Guys. Thank you. Okay, uh, first of all, let's uh, talk about uh, the fire season uh, here in California this year. What's it look like? We're looking at 200 more fires to date this year than we saw last year. Acreage is down, but still, it goes to show how receptive that vegetation, that grass, that brush is to fire. So we still need to be extremely careful, even with the wet weather we've had. All right. Well, the folks are going to be heading out to mm-hmm. do uh, some camping right. and fishing, and some. Uh, they're going to be taking their motorbikes, and they're going to be in their trailers and RVs. Some advice as to uh, how to be safe uh, when traveling during fire season. Let's start off with the traveling aspect. When you're towing a trailer, for an example, walk around your vehicle, the tow vehicle, walk around that trailer. Make sure that there's nothing hanging underneath. In other words, for an example, tow chains. Mm -hmm. Notorious for coming undone and dragging on the asphalt. It only takes one spark into the grass to start a wildfire from just a dragging chain. Do you find that, you know, when it comes to percentage of fires that are started by uh, travelers, is Mm -hmm. that like number one? That's pretty significant. The other part is if you pull off, maybe you have some sort of mechanical issues with your vehicle. You pull off the side of the road into the dry grass. Mm -hmm. What's underneath the car? You have a muffler and a catalytic converter. Thousands of degrees off those two products will promote a fire as well. So you have to be cognizant of your surroundings. Pull off to that gravel area or maybe a pullout. Now you're at your campsite. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, what's the first thing you should do before you uh, get ready to uh, fire up a fire in the old fireplace there? <laughs> Let's talk campfires then. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, you need to make sure you have a campfire permit, which you can get at almost any type of fire station, Cal Fire, Forest Service, et cetera. So it's not just a matter of seeing a sign that says, uh, you know, uh, starting a campfire is permitted. You have to actually physically have a permit. In right. In, in a lot of cases, that is correct. It is your responsibility before you go camping. You can get this before you hit the road several weeks in advance. Mm-hmm. Not an issue. I've you know, given out hundreds from my fire station years ago. And you, once you get to that location, I behoove you to make sure that it is still applicable in reference to making sure you can still have a campfire when you arrive. Sometimes mm-hmm. they will cancel those. Got it. Got it. Okay. All right. You've had your campfire. It's uh, just about time to pack up and head out. What kind of safety precautions should you take to make sure that that fire is out? I know there's a routine, isn't there? Right. There is. Um, Let's start with, you know, when you build that campfire, make sure it's in a designated area. Make sure you have 10 feet of bare earth around it so any embers or any sparks that pop out of that campfire aren't going to ignite any uh, surrounding vegetation. So with all that, the fire's died down. You've stirred it up, let it burn out. Make sure you dump an adequate amount of water on that fire. Don't just dump the water. 
dump it and then stir it. Get a hand tool of some sort and stir all those ashes and debris that's in that campfire and then put the back side of your hand down close to that those ashes to make sure it is cold. Not warm. We want to want to see it cold. Got it. Got it. Now, you're, if you're traveling, you know, you're in the in the forest areas, you're up in the Sierras and you see either smoke, you see mm-hmm. fire, you see something in the distance and you're traveling on the road, what should you do? Tune into a local radio station. Sometimes they'll have them on the side of the roads as far as turn into whatever that uh, designator is. Or if you're coming upon a, a, a fire station or a forestry ranger station, go in there and ask. But good point. You need to be aware. As you're driving in, whether it be towing a trailer or a single vehicle, make sure you know how to get out of there if there is a need to be. Got it. So once you get in, make sure you're watching as you you know, drive further in. Make sure there's uh, turnarounds, for an example, if you're towing a trailer. You need to be expeditious and to leave that area if there is a significant fire in that area. Now you're staying in a, uh, in a resort or, for that matter, any hotel. And mm-hmm. uh, I know this is a little off the, the path of fire season. This right. is something. But what do you recommend to people if they're staying at a, at a hotel of, of any kind and, uh, and they smell smoke or there's, there's a fire? Well, if they smell smoke, they need to alert the front desk for sure. And or the best is call 911. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be practical here. Uh, if the alarms go off, it's time to get out. You know, the alarms came out after that incident has started and mm-hmm. is taking place. Mm-hmm. You don't have that time. You need to leave that facility. If it's a multi-story, you need to head to the stairway. Follow the signs for the fire exits. Elevators can be compromised. So, again, the steps. Our guest here on The Travel Guy, Scott McLean, Deputy Chief with uh, CAL FIRE. Uh, Scott, uh, before we let you go, let's mm-hmm. talk about defensible space. This, you. you have a campaign going on now. Right. It's going to go on all summer long where we're constantly giving people advice in regards to uh, fire safety. Mm-hmm. And I know we, when we first sat down to talk about that, one of the first things we discussed is defensible space. People are hearing it all over the radio and TV. Uh, for those that may have not tuned into The Travel Guy's uh, Go ahead and tell us what that's about. Defensible space. Those that own property and homes up in those rural areas are very important. It's a very important factor that they need to be responsible for. It's a team effort between the fire service, law enforcement, and those homeowners or property owners. We need to work together. And by that, I mean the property owners need to be responsible in taking care of what we call defensible space. That The outer ring is out from your uh, home, out 100 feet. There's mm-hmm. certain things that you can find out on readyforwildfire.org as what you need to do with your vegetation as far as how to trim it down, what to trim down, what to space out. Tree limbs, how far up above the ground do they need so they don't carry fire up into that tree. What you're doing is you're mitigating the advance of that fire in a lot of cases and helping the firefighters do their job mm-hmm. and making it safe for them to get in there to help you protect your property. One of the things that we talked about the other day, and I want you to share this with uh, Travel Mm -hmm. Guys listeners, and that's in regards to landscaping uh, your home for fire prevention. How do you do do about that? Landscaping, we we don't talk about that much, and people don't realize that. Why don't you be proactive? Say if you're building a new home, why not think about your landscaping for your fire protection? There's plants out there you can get from your local nursery that will inhibit, inhibit the progress of that fire. They won't burn. They're not full of oils that will promote fire, for an example. Uh, or in spring, when you're starting to replant, think of those fire-resistant plants. 
Very good. Before we let you go, any final words to our uh, Travel Guys listeners? If you have any questions and you need more information, again, I, I recommend you go to our website called readyforwildfire.org. A lot of information. Great. We'll have a link to that at TravelGuysRadio.com. Scott, thanks for joining Thank us. All right. When at the end of the Every Travel Guys program, I say, uh, be safe, my friends. Uh-huh. And uh, that goes to any time you're camping or whatever. And uh, fire is such a bad guy. Listen, fire is a problem. And if you, if, if you don't practice fire safety, you could find yourself responsible uh, for a lot of damage to a lot of people's lives. So, I mean, this is this is something that's important. Speaking of fire, I have an item here about folks who smoke in and around hotel rooms. Notice I said in and around, because mm-hmm, that's an important mm-hmm, part of this. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be smoking cigarettes. A lot of people vape. Um, some people smoke a different kind of tobacco that's become a non-tobacco that's become legal in this state recently. Um Here's what the deal. Hotels are looking for people who smoke in their rooms or who look like they might have smoked in their rooms. So if you smoke outside and then you put the cigarette butts in the beer bottle and you take the beer bottle back into the room and put it in the trash can, the whole room is going to smell like smoke when the housekeeper comes in the next day. She's going to find that. And I'll bet you nickel to a donut, you're going to have a $250 smoking charge on your hotel bill. So be cognizant. If you smoke anything, anything that gives off smoke or vapor, Um, You need to do it outside your hotel room. You need to make sure it doesn't follow you back in, and you need to make sure that you do not leave remnants of what you might have done around, making it easy for somebody to go 2 plus 2 equals 4. And if you happen to check into a room, you're a non-smoker, you've you've chosen a non-smoking room, and it does smell... Oh, very important. Yeah. uh, Go to the desk, tell them you want a different room, because you could get rung up for that smell that you didn't even bring in later on. Make them know immediately. Gwen Duncan joins us with information on emergency passports right after the news. Yelp Grove Automobile. Here we are, the Travel Guys. Uh, It's Mark Hoffman with Sports Leisure Vacations. Tom Romano with nobody in particular. (laughs) What was that? I don't know. You know, I I started thinking about it. You know, you you own a company. You Uh you originated it. You you travel the world. And I come in here every Sunday and just suck off your talent. Yeah, except that you... Barely a traveler. Except Why I feel I the here? same way because fact, you, now. you have all of this amazing radio talent and we wouldn't I would sound like garbage if it wasn't for you. Speaking of Sports Leisure Vacations, uh celebrated its 39th anniversary on Friday. 39. Well, happy anniversary, my friend. Thank 39 you. years. Yeah, 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 who was more surprised? Uh, uh <laughs> yeah, it's 39 years is a, is a, is a uh, definitely a, a long time. It's uh our some of some of the folks who travel with us wrote some really nice things. Uh, on our Facebook page, which really made the whole day. Um, it's you, you forget sometimes that when you are the purveyor of travel, when yeah. you not when you just sell it, but when you actually create it and you create those experiences that you're creating life experiences for people and that if it goes well, 
Um, they are going to remember those things and hold the people who created them in very high esteem. There so. you go. Yeah, you, you know, and I, this really sounds bigger than life, but it's true. You you help make people's dreams come true. Not to say that some of those no. dreams don't turn into nightmares, and then you have to you have to take the heat for that. But but uh, but that's what you do. No, you, you but help. it is true. It, it's and we've said that for a long time. I've been very blessed to be in the in a business for thirty nine years. Of making people's dreams come yeah, true. If you spent your whole cool. adult life in a business that made people's dreams come true, there I'm going to suggest to you there are a lot of jobs on the planet, and I have the very best yeah, one. Yeah, you got one of those jobs, and, and my wife and I were talking about it the other day with some friends, and and it's all it's all about uh, uh, people that have jobs that uh, they would do for free. Or, or when they go to work, they never really consider it working. Working, yeah. They just, they just, they just go and do it. That would probably be the category I'd fit into. And speaking of people who get to go wonderful yes. places when they travel, um, on the line joining us, an old friend who hasn't been with us for a little while, Gwen Duncan, who I understand is somewhere down in the Napa Valley, and she is just living off the land. What you had a brunch or lunch <laughs> at some place kind of fancy down there? Oh, I sure did. It was called Otimo's. It means first class. And it was in Yachtville, and it was absolutely a fabulous experience. I would highly recommend it. Ron and I have been going up here for, coming up here for about four years now, coming to a jazz, um, it's called the Jazz Getaway, Napa Jazz Getaway. It runs about four days, and it's absolutely wonderful. We stay in a little house called the Cottage, Corner Cottage, and we walk all over the place. It's just absolutely wonderful. It's our getaway that gets our mind off of our work and just just enjoy, you know, be a participant. <laughs> Gwen, what, uh, what uh, type of food do they serve? Oh, it was wonderful. Uh, well, they had uh, uh, pizzas that were uh, gourmet, and they had wonderful salads and sandwiches that were just really, you get to pick your meat, you get to pick the kind of sauce you want to, I mean, it's, it, it was absolutely fabulous. We sat outside, and it was brick brick buildings. It just was absolutely And the, the name of the restaurant one more time? Otimos, O-T-T-I-M-O. I would highly recommend that. Can you can you tell uh, Tom that she's pretty ecstatic about this? Oh, I, yeah, I could yeah. tell from her email this morning that she was that she had had a, a really <laughs> wonderful dining. Okay, we don't have a lot of time here, Miss Duncan. I know. You sent me a, a, a note last week and said you would have run into some situations here where people are having passport issues. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, even though we try to warn people... Uh, when we uh, go through the buying process, that they should check the um, validity of their passports. Many of them say, oh, it's valid. I say, I need to know what the expiration date is. Because typically, you know, specifically, if something is uh, going to expire within six months, it's really not going to be recognized as a a valid passport in boarding a a plane to go overseas. They just... um, they're real strict about about that, and some of them allow it for three months from the date of departure. But if it expires, you can't get on the plane. You okay, can't get on the plane. so you get into a situation where you realize suddenly that oh my god, my passport is only valid for four months. My trip leaves in three days. What? Am, how am I going to get a new passport? Okay, I'm going to get you all the particulars that can go on your website, Mark. But um, a bottom line is uh, if you've already purchased your travel then you can make an appointment 
if you want, or you can just go down, and it's on Market. They've got three locations in Sacramento, San Francisco. It's go down to San Francisco personally, and you have to bring your passport picture. If you already have a passport and it's getting ready to expire, you bring your expiring passport, and uh, they will reissue it that day, or you may have to stay overnight and get it the next day. But you still have, and then you have to pay a rush fee, but at least you get it. So the good um, news I, is that it, you, you can get an emergency passport, let's say, within 48 hours. But the bad news is that it's going to require you to personally be in San Francisco, and you're not really going to know until you get down there whether or not you're going to need a hotel room and have to come back uh, the next day. So th- this last-minute passport thing could easily put you out five or $600. Oh, we've had so many experiences of people who who um, they get down there in the morning because you have to get there as early as you can so that it could be processed and given to you by the end of the day. If you get in that line before noon, I mean, uh, you know, too close to noon, it's not going to be processed till the next morning. And so you have to, then you have to go through and you still got to get your pictures for your passport, you know, authorized size pictures. I mean, it's just a pain in the butt. If, if your passport gets stolen, you have to go through that same process. Yeah, I mean, if you lose your passport, you should, should go through that same process. It's just um, devastating for some. We've had some missed cruises. We've and, had people get, you know, get into their, their tours two days late. And this is kind of a problem, too, Gwen. I'm sensing for people who, you know, let's say a month before you depart, you realize that your passport is not going to be valid. Now you've got a little bit of a conundrum. You could go ahead and file for a passport and hope that it comes back in time, and therefore avoid those extra charges. But you need to be careful there because I didn't get my passport back in time is not going to be a valid excuse for your travel protection to kick in or your airline or your cruise line yeah. to refund you. Yeah. And, yeah. Insurance won't cover that. Insurance won't cover that. Now, the, both of you, uh, I'm sure you've been down this road so you can speak with some knowledge. About uh, how long should People expect uh, for a passport renewal to take place. Uh, you know, let's say you haven't booked a uh, trip, but you want to, and and you need to. Uh, You're just going through the normal appropriate procedures. Appropriate amount of time to expect to do a, a renewal. What would you say, Gwen? That's a good question. Four That's to six a weeks. Really good question. Yeah, four to six weeks is what they say. If you're doing a renewal, it, you can get it in two weeks. Sometimes it depends on what's happening. You know, I mean, like um, um, uh, sometimes it's just really, really, really crowded, and it's going to take you four weeks to get a renewal. The other thing, Gwen, that you mentioned here in in your email was making sure we talk about this a lot, I know, but it's summer vacation season. We get new listeners on this program all the time. Um, Beware of the fact that there are some countries that require you to have blank passport pages, completely blank pages, sometimes consecutive pages in your passport. And you can say, well, that doesn't seem like that's that big of a deal, but just try to get into the country without it. And, you know, it, it's it's ignore those things at your own peril. Thank you, Gwen, for a little oh, bit yeah. of your time with this really important. Will you kind of keep your your nose to the ground being a travel agent? These things come up, I think, more often around your place than they do mine. So as the summer yeah. goes on, anything else that we can warn people about vacation-wise that can give them a little bit of, of a heads-up, I, I think, will help. Thank you so much for your time. Thank Drive. You. Oh, by the way, happy anniversary. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Drive home safely from the Napa Valley. I sure will. Bye-bye, Tom. Bye-bye, Gwen. You stay well. Thanks again, and uh, uh, I'm looking forward to trying out your uh, your restaurant over there in Napa. <laughs> um, all righty. Let's see here. Before we go to break, hey, I have something fun. Um, 
if you we'll do this after the break, but it involves our website. So if you are someplace where you can look at our website right now, I have something kind of funny and unique that I'd like to show you. It's travelguysradio.com. And when we come back from the news break, um, we will we will point out uh, something that's kind of fun and funny on there. I will tell you that on the website this week, there's all kinds of stuff and there is every week. Things that we don't talk about on the air that might appeal to a smaller group of people or might only be important to a a tiny group of folks but might be very important. So TravelGuysRadio.com, you can also find a lot of important information about passports and travel insurance and things like that. And when we come back from the break, we will talk about one of those little interesting entries there at TravelGuysRadio.com. We are the Travel Guys. It's the Travel Guys, uh, right here on the radio every Sunday, 3 to 4. Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano, we are brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Uh, Mark, uh, before we talk about the the picture that you want to show, I, uh-huh. I was just looking at uh, the 13 weirdest things in the Sky Mall catalog. Uh-huh. And, uh, this noti- is on the Travel Guys website? Yes, and, I see. and I noticed that I have two of them. <laughs> I have the the Bigfoot Garden Yeti statue. Uh-huh. It's uh, right next to my waterfall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then another pool item, it's the Big Splash Diver's Pool statue. Uh, sobering reminder of what really happens to people who dive into the shallow end of the pool, and it's it's just legs sticking out of concrete. I see. So I, I have those two, and they're going to go right next to my uh, Sacramento Kings uh, seats, which I acquired when they tore down the old arena. So, uh, but I haven't, I haven't, uh, I haven't affixed them. We yet. put lots of fun things on. You got the website. <laughs> Um, and all kinds of neat things. If you're flying um, in Europe on a flight that's totally in Europe, like from Frankfurt to Barcelona or something like that, um, there are all kinds of different rules in Europe about canceled and delayed flights. It's called rule EU, EU Rule 261, and there's a link there to it at Travel Guys Radio. But mostly what I wanted to tell people about was highlights from previous weeks. The very first entry there says U-Time Cheese Academy. Mm-hmm. And if you click on that, you go and you see that Uniworld, which does river cruises in Europe, is advertising the fact that they have wine and cheese programs on board their ships. And you go down there and you can see... Pictures of people, you know, eating cheese and looking at cheese and something. You can see one of the gentlemen has on a T-shirt, which perhaps got past the proofreaders who were preparing this little brochure for online there. (laughs) Because the gentleman's wearing a shirt that comments on the quality of the cheese. Yes, and, and uh, it's a word that we can't say on the cannot radio. Cannot say it on the radio, yes. And in fact, you, it may be one of those words that uh, you rarely use. Uh-huh. But, but, I, but I'm so really surprised. That but that... Uniworld, somehow this got passed, yeah. and we, we checked the other day because we found this last week, and it's still up um, on their website. Okay, enough uh, fooling around here. Check uh, it out. Yeah. Enough funny business. <clears throat> um, about a month ago, we told folks that they were replacing the ATMs at the airport and that there, for a while there wouldn't be any ATMs. And guess who got caught in that about a week ago? I'm out at the airport. And I'm like, okay, I need an ATM. And I'm like, oh, I think I'm kind of screwed. There are no ATMs here. So uh, one of our Travel Guys listeners wrote a note and said, you know, when will the ATMs be back up? So I wrote Lori Slothauer, who is the uh, uh, PR gal, the communication and media officer for the airports, and she wrote back and told me that the there are now ATMs before security. 
um, in level A and level C. And our terminal A is in baggage claim. Terminal B is level one and level three. A post-security ATM should be installed in both terminals by the end of next week. And here's some other good news, and I really congratulate the airport on this. And that is the new ATM concession is with Bank of America. Uh, many airports around the country are selling out their ATMs and putting in these ATMs that really charge people absorbent fees and limit the amount of money they can take out. And because they're not, you know, they're, they're not actual. And what happens is the airport gets a lot more money there. So congratulations to our airport for going with a real bank. And giving us ATM access. Uh, but, that, but the question is, is what will be the uh, Bank of America ATM fee if you're not a Bank of America? Well, probably because, three bucks. I mean, that's yeah. pretty standard. Although I have run into a couple that have edged up to three fifty. So uh, word to the wise, that's yeah, coming. I'm not here to uh, you know promote any particular uh, in- banking institute, but uh, uh, credit unions as a whole, yes, oftentimes do not charge uh, any. Uh, or very very low uh, fees. At it, it, in New York, we did have a credit union well, well situated there for a long time. I don't know what happened. They they went off to sponsor an arena. An arena, yes. There's one of them just down the way here. In fact, I went there to get a withdrawal the other day at Golden One. Okay, a couple of other things. This is not a formal mailbag segment, but customer act about asked about. This is the second person to ask about Norwegian Airlines in the last couple of weeks. And people are asking, generally they're asking about the strict rules on the airline and, you know, can they fudge a little bit? And so I think I said this a couple weeks ago, and I would really be very careful about thinking that you're going to get away with two more inches here or four more inches there, or, well, this will fit under my seat and it doesn't quite. And then you get to the airport because these airlines that have these different rules, you get to the gate and you have something that doesn't work for them. Um, you're not only going to pay the fee that you skipped in the first place, but you're going to pay an extra fee. I'll call it an idiot fee um, <laughs> for the fact that you tried to do something that you didn't get away with. And you're probably going to be really mad and really upset. And it's going to be a mark on your on your travels or your vacation or whatever. So, well, uh, you know, uh, for the longest time, and I still see it when I fly Southwest, mm-hmm. uh, is people bring, dragging bags on that look, clearly look like they're way yes, too big. Yes, and nobody, absolutely. And nobody even bothering to check. They have that, you know, the, that little box. What's up with that? They got the box there, and it's supposed to fit in the little box. I never, no. ever see a flight attendant or somebody at the gate, uh, security, ever ask them to take a moment and see if it fits. They on just, the rare occasion when it happens then when a gate agent you know decides for whatever reason just because they're being nasty or because the plane is full or they've looked around the lobby and they can see they're in trouble and they they ask people to put them in there you'd think you'd shot the person's dog i mean they're like how indignant you no one has ever asked me to put this in here but because it's been so laxed for such a long time Uh uh, that uh, norwegian air who's finally clamping down a little bit it's 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 surprising they're clamping down because tom they're an airline that's sells that space yeah so if they're they're way more concerned about it southwest doesn't sell that space so when they run out of space up above they check the bags you don't really care because they don't charge you to check the bags anyway of course what a lot of people do is if you can get it past security you get it up to the to the gate then you can tell when the airline says hey we need some people to check some bags here so we'll have room and you can check them for free and i know people who do that regularly that's (laughs) why they get their bags checked uh, here's another travel uh, guys listener who wrote in. Uh, Michelle said, "I'm going to Hawaii next April. When is the best time to buy tickets?" And then she asked about a good credit card. Um, let me suggest you go to onemileatatime.com. That's Ben Schloppick's web website. Ben deals in credit cards, and 
he will tell you which credit travel credit card is the best for you. Uh, full disclosure, he gets uh, some money for every time you click on one of the credit card links on his uh, a site, uh, like many of the bloggers. Um, for Hawaii next April, I would start looking at tickets probably around Thanksgiving time. Uh, right before Christmas or right after the first of the year is probably when you will see a, a sale or a reduced price rate for something that's uh, going in April. So that clears up. And I have my card. Uh -huh. It's a Southwest card, and I'm waiting to use it on a Southwest flight mm -hmm. to Hawaii. Mark, would you work on uh, making that yes, happen? Please? Yes, sir. Right away, sir. I, as soon as I promise you, as soon as we have some more information, I'll let you know. <laughs> Here's something that really isn't travel-related, but I'm going to mention it, and then I want to talk about Anthony Bourdain for a moment. Um, the Sacramento Bee today, on the front page, had an editorial um, by the editor who asked folks to consider a... Uh, a cyber and online uh, subscription to the newspaper. Uh, apparently they have about 15,000 of those subscribers, and if they had 60,000, they could support the newspaper and stuff. Uh, print newspapers have been losing money for a lot of years, and if we were to lose our newspaper in this town or lose it anymore with local reporting and stuff like that, that would really be a bad thing. So I ask if you take the Sacramento Bee, read that uh, editorial on the front page, and see if it might uh, pertain to you in some way shape or form. Um, I wanted to just take a minute here at the end of the program. Anthony Bourdain uh, committed suicide, passed away this past week. Um, he, of course, had a travel program on CNN um, and uh, Parts Unknown, which I really thought was uh, probably the best travel program I'd ever seen uh, because he had this amazing ability to go to um, nondescript places and meet nondescript people and eat nondescript things and make it really interesting. <laughs> and sometimes yeah. the people weren't nondescript and the places weren't nondescript, but it didn't matter because he could go to all of these places. Um, one of the comments that was uh, left, I saw, says, thank you for bringing a more respectable, respectful view to the people of Palestine, Libya, Iran, and more. You brought people together. Um, before he got into television, he worked as a chef in a New York restaurant and wrote a a memoir called Kitchen Confidential, which kind of got him into uh, into television work. I, I, I a couple of things I, I want a couple quotes by him here. I wanted to share. Um, when I die, I will decidedly not be regretting missed opportunities for a good time. My regrets will be more along the lines of a sad list of people hurt, people let down, assets wasted, and advantages squandered. So despite the fact that he was a very interesting man with a lot of things going for him, he was a very complicated man. I was really grateful that a year and a half ago I had the opportunity to listen to him speak at the Orpheum Theater in San Francisco one evening. Uh, Sports Leisure Vacations took a group of folks down there, and I'm sure all of those folks are very glad that they went now. But he lectured for about an hour and a half. Uh, uh, the lecture was interrupted by a protester at the beginning, and he handled that perfectly. And then he proceeded to talk about television chefs and his life and, and his life as a chef and his travels. And it was the most fascinating hour and a half that I can remember being a part of for a long time. And, and I, I guess a little bit in some strange way, I understand a little bit of why he's gone because he was a very complicated person and complicated people, especially retire, recovering drug addicts and, and people like himself, have a lot of demons. And uh, perhaps the demons jumped up and got him in this situation. But I really think that uh, we're going to miss him, I think, disproportionately, because he really did, he did a lot to bring people together and to show how travel could do that. So 
Farewell to Anthony Bourdain. Remember to dance like nobody's watching. Thank you, my friends. You stay well. Watch out for those fires. All righty. We'll see you next Sunday at 3.